think we ought to do that for just a moment in the building right now. Somebody ought to stretch your hands to the heavens and open up your mouth and declare the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Come on, somebody shout that name. Come on, somebody shout that name. Declare Jesus over your family. Declare Jesus over your situation. Declare Jesus over your body. Declare Jesus over your job. Declare Jesus over your finances. Somebody open your mouth and shout Jesus. One writer said, Jesus, something happens when I call. He said, something special, supernatural, when I call it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Something happens when I call. Come on, lift your voice. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on now. Something happens. Do you need him right now? Lift your voice. Come on. Sing it like this. Come on now. Jesus, 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 come on now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, I dare you to throw your hands. Throw your hands up in the air right now. When I called you. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. Uh, hey, Jesus. Somebody shout it. Something Hey. One more time, shout Jesus. Something happens, something happens when I call you. Come on, somebody open up your mouth and give him praise all over this house tonight. Another writer said something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. Anybody remember that song? It is the sweetest name. I know that he said like this. Uh, Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Come on, sing. It is the sweetest name. I know that it's sing like this. Come on up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Help me sing it, y'all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It is the sweetest. Come on, uh, I shout 
when you start magnifying. Come on, First Lady, help me real quick. Something happens when you call that name because in that name is everything. I said in that name, and tell your neighbor, in that name is everything. Come on, tell your neighbor, in that name is everything. When you said Jesus, you said El Shaddai. You said El Elyon. You said Jehovah Jireh. You said Jehovah Rofika. You said Jehovah Shalom. You said the Alpha. You said the Omega. You said the beginning. You said the ending. You said the Lion of Judah. You said the Lamb for sinners slain. You said the wheel in the middle of the wheel. You said the root out of Jesse. When you and way back in the day they would sing in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we have the victory hold on y'all hold on oh, yeah, y'all gotta flow for a moment just flow with me for a moment so I gotta teach them the word the word some of these babies wasn't even born back then Tell your neighbor, in the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, demons, they have to flee. Uh, hey, uh, then they sing like this. Oh, oh, tell me who can stand before us. Hey, I just need somebody to believe that. When we call on that great Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, we have the victory. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Come on, help me sing it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, demons, they have to flee. Oh, oh, tell me who can stand before us when we call on that great name. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, we have the victory. Y'all help me sing it one more time. Come on now. Oh, shout in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory in the name. Demons, they have to flee. Oh, oh, tell me who can stand before us when we call on that great name. Jesus, Jesus, 
church. Take me to church. We have the victory. Hey, come on. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on. In the name of Jesus. 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 Give him a praise in this place. Come on, if you got the victory, give him praise. I got the victory in Jesus' name. I got my breakthrough in Jesus' name. I got delivered in Jesus name that's why I was baptized in hey this is a Jesus name church this is a Jesus name church your neighbor tell him in Jesus name hallelujah high five him on the way to your seat glory 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 in Jesus I'm gonna sit down in Jesus name the Bible said whatsoever you do in word or in deed do it all in the name I love them you get around them old timers they do everything in Jesus name B baby we going to McDonald's in Jesus name I'm gonna go mow the yard in Jesus name see y'all don't know what I'm talking about you think you're in control you think you got it all figured out but them old timers lived long enough to understand that it's only by his word that I'm holding it together that it's only by the authority of his I'm blessed in Jesus name I've got dominion in Jesus' name, I've got authority in Jesus. 
What's their name? Whoa. He's in the building right now. He's in the building right now. Clap your hands one more time and give God a praise in this house. <laughs> Y'all ain't supposed to be acting like this on Tuesday nights. You can be seated. Amen. Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord on a Tuesday night? Amen. Let me say what a privilege it is to have every one of our guests that are in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Would you help me put your hands together one more time? Come on, help me give God a great big praise for all of our guests that are here tonight. Amen. So good to walk in and see my beautiful niece, Kiana, back home. I'm going to just say she's back home tonight. Help me give God a praise for her. Amen. Love her. and So good to have Brother Miko in the house of the Lord with us tonight. All the way from O-Town. And, uh, and he brought little Nation with him tonight. So good to have this awesome young man with us tonight. He's nine years old. And uh, I confirmed he is not married yet. Amen. But uh, we're so excited that they're here in the house of the Lord. How many of you are grateful for what the Lord's been doing already this week around here? How many of you were here Sunday and experienced the power of what God did on Father's Day in this place? Come on. Uh, tell your neighbor, I am fire. Come, maybe they didn't understand you. Look at them and tell them, fuego, fuego, fuego. Fire, fire, fire. Twenty-seven people were filled with the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning. I think we could do a whole lot better than that, giving him the praise. If he did it last Sunday, uh, how many of you know that we're just getting started around here? Uh, hey, uh, if we'll bring him, uh, God will fill him. Supply and demand. If you bring the empty vessel, God said, I got enough oil. Uh, Man, 27 filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Liggins Jr. was baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, give Brother Clint a great big hand clap. Received the Holy Ghost. And uh, Brother Nathaniel Henry received the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning. I think he's going to be baptized in Jesus' name after service tonight. Let's give God the praise for that. Come on. Amen. Amen. Anybody excited about VBS this week? Whoa. Listen, if you've never been to VBS, you ought to just take the time and come hang out with our children's ministry this week. It is going to be absolutely off the chain. It's going to be so much fun Thursday and Friday evening at 6 p.m. Is that right? It's going to be going down then on Saturday at, at 1 p.m. And then this Sunday, tell your neighbor, this Sunday is VBS Takeover. It's going to be crazy in here. 
bring all your friends, your family. We're going to have praise and worship and church like we normally have. And then when it's time for ministry to take place, instead of me preaching, our children's department's going to take over the service. It's going to be unbelievable. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. How many of you thank God for the great leadership of our children's pastor and pastor's wife? Pastor and Sister Hammond, would you help me thank God for their leadership tonight? How many of you would help me thank God for all of their staff, all of the Kid Zone staff that makes these events possible? Come on, let's honor them tonight. Amen. I want to take just a quick moment tonight to talk to you about something briefly before we get into the Word of the Lord tonight. And... Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had our RCA graduation, Rock Christian Academy. How many of you thank God for our apostolic Christian school? Amen. It doesn't take very long looking at the news clips to understand the importance of this ministry and what it means to this church and the community. Our schools, our public school systems have become bastions of demonic indoctrination. And I say that unequivocally. I don't bat an eye. It is absolute insanity what has become of the public school systems. And Rock Christian Academy is our endeavor to provide an opportunity for as many children and young people as possible to be groomed, to be raised, and to be influenced by apostolic Christian values. I think we ought to give God a great big amen. I don't want the world spending more time with my kids than I am teaching them to hate authority, teaching them to embrace sin, teaching them to hate God. Come on. And we are so grateful, so grateful for Rock Christian Academy. And I want to take a moment tonight because uh, I want to do two things. I want to celebrate the last seven years this amazing school and ministry has been led by none other than our very own Sister Lindsay Sloss. I think we ought to take a moment and give her a great big resounding applause tonight. And the reason we're taking a few moments tonight is to recognize, not only recognize her, but to also uh, communicate to the church that Sister Sloss is going to be transitioning from working full-time at our school as our administrator, and she is going to be working full-time in our church office. Amen. Now... I want to give you a little bit of backstory. Seven years ago, uh, we, we had a desperate need for leadership in our school. And so you've just got to know, brother and sister Sloss, they are the kind of people who just show up over and over and over again and say, God, I'm available to you. Whatever you want me to do, whatever you need me to do. And so sister Sloss, at our request, prayerful request, took the responsibility of Rock Christian Academy. And what we thought, we, we had already uh, we had already made moves to hire her full-time at the church as office help and uh, administrative help. 
and there was need at the school and so we put the pause button on bringing her into the office and for seven what we thought was going to be just a little bit she did such an amazing job that we said man just she just doing so great we just for seven years she has absolutely done an amazing job in leading rock christian academy amen I don't think in seven years, Sister Sloss may have missed one day of work. Maybe. I don't even remember if she missed a whole day of work. How many of y'all got that testimony in the building? Hallelujah. I didn't think so. But that speaks to the character of this woman of God. I don't hardly ever remember being late to work here early. As a matter of fact, school starts at 8 o'clock. She would be here to unlock the doors of the church every morning at 6 a.m. And she would spend the first part of her day not teaching the kids but praying for them. And she has done such an incredible job the past seven years we have watched the school blossom and grow and there has been such an amazing cohesiveness in the school and child after child after child has graduated and been blessed and their lives changed forever and sister sloss we want you to know how much we love and appreciate you and everything you've done as a matter of fact uh We've got a few things we'd like to say. Brother Trevor. Praise the Lord, church. So I was tasked to put together just a few kids to come up and to, you can come up, just express our gratitude for everything that Sister's Loss has done, and for all the time and energy that she poured into us. Some of you may know, some of you may not know, but during the transition of our church a few years ago, um, we had a church school, and then with everything that went down, we didn't have a church school. And so for one of those years, it was my 11th grade year, my, I'm sorry, the end of my 10th grade year, we were homeschooled. And then 11th grade came around, and we uh, started the school. So it was really weird going from not having my mom as my teacher. For those of you that don't know, Sister Sloss is my mom. I apologize. <laughs> not having her as my teacher, then having her as my teacher at home, which was really weird, and then having her as my teacher formally. Um, it was definitely a transition. And then after that, I try to be like my parents and say, God, you can use me where you want to use me. And um, I was approached about working alongside her at RCA as a teacher. And so for the last five years, I believe, something like that, I've been helping her, trying to. Some of that was um, her rebuking me. But um, I tried to hold up her arms and to um, help her with day-to-day -day tasks and all that stuff, but she's just absolutely incredible that I'm saying a lot, but really words fail to adequately describe just how much she means to me 
and how much she means to RCA and all of the staff and students. So we've gathered a few young people. Up first, I'd like for Shanika Florent, Shanika Florent to come and say just a few words. Praise the Lord, church. <laughs> um, I just want to say um, I thank Sister Sloss for an amazing first year at RCA. Um, this was my first year, and I thank her for um, being there for us and for teaching us and um, for guiding us. Um, and I thank God for using her in a powerful way to lead us and um, and uh, for all that she's done for our school and sacrificing all the time and all of her energy just to work with us and help us become better like students and become better. One thing I failed to mention is that the students that will be coming first are students that are currently enrolled in RCA. Um, next up, we've got K.O. Liggins. Praise the Lord, church. I just want to say I was not... I just want to say I was not sure if I was going to be able to do this. I do not like to talk in front of crowds. With that being said, you must mean a lot to me. Me and my brother came in the middle of the year and I was very nervous. You helped me so much with that. You are kind, smart, and just simply the best. I appreciate all of you, all you do for us, even putting up with me, raising my flag so much. Thank you for helping me be the best and I can be in believing in us. Cedric Williams. Praise the Lord, church. I won't be that long, but I just want to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dear Sister Sloss, I am so grateful that you are my teacher and my principal. Fifth grade was tough, but you helped me go through it. I am so blessed that God has sent you in this role to be my teacher, principal, and my guardian angel. Now I'm ready to, be, to go to sixth grade. You've made a big impact in my life, and I would never be the Cedric I am now if it wasn't for you. So to return the favor, I'm writing this letter to you. I hope that every student that comes to Rock Christian Academy, known as RCA, will thank you for your time and your effort you put in for us. I'm so blessed, and I thank God every day for giving me the teacher, principal, and guardian angel to me and my peers. And I hope for the rest of the school year 
I go through that you don't lose your sanity over me and my peers. <laughs> Thank you, and I will love you forever. Stay strong, don't quit, don't lose your sanity, and always remember that me and my peers will love you forever. Thank you. Your lovable student, Cedric. And last but not least of the current students, Jada Williams. I would like to say that I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. Thank you, Sister Sloss. I would personally like to thank Sister Sloss for everything she has done for RCA. She has taught us in one, of, in one of her many soapboxes not to slack off and get distracted, but to push strongly towards finishing our goals and to study diligently, letting no excuses get in our way. Sister Sloss, you have taught us to use our time wisely and to do our tasks correctly and to stay prepared so we don't have to get prepared. You also remind us to try our best with everything we do and to always remember that God is with us. Saying that, I love and appreciate you, Sister Sloss. Now we'd like for some of the past students of RCA to come and say a few words. Up first, I'd like for Isaac Williams to come. Praise the Lord, church. Um, so a lot of these kids, it's crazy how a lot of them are realized at such a young age already um, how much Sister Sloss means to them and to this school. From second grade to fifth grade, like, they already have an understanding of this. And I think that that goes to say a lot about the impact she's making um, at the school, for sure. Amen. And uh, I remember getting here. Um, I'm For those of you who might not know, I'm originally from, uh, I grew up the first, like, 10 years of my life in Colorado. And I went to... Uh, I pretty much grew up in the Christian school from there, and then when I got here, um, Brother Trevor said it, we, were, we went through a phase when we first got here that there was like, the church didn't have a school, so a lot of us kind of became homeschooled for about a year, and that was kind of a different season, and then shortly after that, they opened up Rock Christian Academy to where Sister Sloss soon became the principal, and um, Ever since then, I could just remember since day one, she was, she was like, you could tell she was there to help the kids. Like, she wasn't just, nowadays, when, when you look at the school system, there's too many, there's so many people who, there's so many principals and teachers that are just trying to get the kids in, right? And we all know this. They try to get the kids in just to get them out. They couldn't care less about if the kids were actually learning, if the kids actually need help, much less pray for the kids before they start school. So... As long as I can remember, as long as I can remember every morning before I even got to school, there would be mornings if I got there early, I if I got to the school early, I wouldn't see Sister Sloss and I'd come to find out she was still in the sanctuary praying for the kids. And, and I think that translated a lot into, you know, I think all of us were able to tell her love and her care for all of us throughout the whole time. And so... For me, from I think sixth or seventh grade to the time I finished school, she was there through all of it to help me with ever, whatever I needed. And um, she'll be here as long as these kids stay in school. 
You know, I mean, at this point, it's a transition, but I'm sure as long as, the, as all of them, if you ask any one of them, they, they can tell you the exact same thing because it's genuine. And so on behalf of someone who's been with you for a long time since this loss, probably the last five or six years of my school year, it doesn't go unnoticed. And I just want to say thank you. Up next, we have Jayla Williams. Ladies and gents, <laughs> it takes a special person to teach a child in class to just keep his attention in a world that moves so fast, to show a child he is Anikyu with talents deep inside, to help a child to help build his confidence so he can beam with pride, to show a little patience for a child who lost his way, to a child who feels abandoned, who has seen better days to inspire and to motivate so a child can learn and grow to go into this big wild world that has its highs and lows. You are a special person, you always give your best, and for every child who has your class, their life is truly blessed. <laughs> um, Ajita said I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous, because I am, um, but senior year, it was really tough. Um, Sister Sloss has been there through the ups and the downs. <laughs> um, I, I remember I, I felt like I wasn't going to graduate. And her, she looked me in the eye and she said, Jayla, if you don't graduate, it's on you. And <laughs> I can remember just being like, man, my teacher just told me that. <laughs> and deep inside, I knew I knew that she cared, and it took someone with passion, it took someone with dedication, it took someone like her to really put the foundation of God into me. And I wasn't gonna cry, but <laughs> I graduated, and it was because of her. And, be, <laughs> and I can say on behalf of me and Judah, <laughs> we wouldn't have made it without you. So thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. Next up, I'd like for my sister, Sabri, to come and say a few words. Praise the Lord, church. So I feel like I have a bit of a different perspective of Sister Sloss. Um, like Brother Trevor already mentioned, and if you can't tell, she's also my mother. <laughs> um, so at times for me, it felt like double lectures or double pressure, um, double whammy. <laughs> But more than that, it was double wisdom, double encouragement, double help, double love. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, so, Sister Sloss, Mom, thank you, and I love you times two. 
And last but not least, I'd like for the most recent graduate, one of the most recent graduates, to come and say a few words, Ganeo Otello. To a teacher who cared more about the soul than the curriculum. To a leader who pushed us past ourselves to reach more than the minimum. Who brought the gift of soapbox speeches and little nuggets of joy. A gift sent from God to all of us girls and boys. Today we honor a preacher or teacher, whatever title she claims, for being a willing vessel to be used and encourage us all to do the same. Sister Sloss, there are not enough words in the dictionary to describe the amount of influence that you've had, not just on me, but all the students of RCA. The time that I had you as my teacher and the time that I got to help you as a teacher's aide summed up to be the best high school years a gal can ask for. I could be here all day, but to make a very, very long story short, thank you for everything you've done and everything that you'll continue to do. We love and appreciate you. Sister Sloss, Mom, just want to let you know that I love you, thankful for you. The example that you set is an incredible example. It's an example that I strive to achieve, to replicate. I'm forever grateful for the influence that you've had on my life for the past five years. You're, you've been incredible to work with, extremely patient, loving, caring. I think all the students have summed it up pretty well. I'm excited for this next chapter in your life and to see where God takes you. So I love you. And look, the best is yet to come. Amen. Put your hands together one more time. Hallelujah. Amen. I think we ought to stand and give her great honor tonight. Sister Sloss, you have worked unselfishly for seven years. You could been, have been doing many, many other things in life. And there is no doubt you were not just fulfilling a job or, or a task, but you laid something down at an altar and said yes to God. And we could never replace all of the sacrifices that you've given to be what you have been to Rock Christian Academy and all of these young people. This is just a small token of our appreciation that we'd like to give to you tonight. If you'd come and receive this, we want to tell you how much we love and appreciate you. We want you to open it and say a few words. Help me one more time. Put your hands together and show her our love. To say I am shocked would be an understatement. 
Thank you, RCA. I woke up this morning and instantly my thoughts went to a dream I had over seven years ago. I dreamt I was a lunch lady for Rock Christian Academy. In my dream, I was making lots of different dishes on huge trays and I was serving them to the students for lunch. I told my husband and we laughed, of course. Did God want me to start cooking for the school? <laughs> We owned our own business at the time and we were super busy, so I was trying to figure out how I could possibly make that work. It was probably just a weird dream. A few weeks later, that dream, after that dream, we lost the majority of our business and I found myself with nothing to do. So I thought, why don't I see if I can volunteer at the school? At the time, First Lady had stepped in to run the school and I felt I could possibly alleviate some of those things off of her plate if I volunteered. Little did I know, which Bishop already mentioned, they were praying that God would show them the person who was to take over the school. So I walked through the door and I accepted the call to be the administrator of Rock Christian Academy. After a month or so, I thought about the dream. It seemed the dream was being fulfilled in a way I hadn't considered. I saw myself as the lunch lady, but God had slightly different plans. Fast forward back to this morning, the dream. I thought God was showing me then through that dream that this was my calling and it was for a time. But here I am getting ready to pass the baton and to walk through a different door. One that doesn't look anything like, like a lunchroom or a school, but I felt God showed me at 6.05 this morning that the dream was really about serving. It had nothing to do with RCA or any position. It was simply that I was going to serve in whatever cap capacity the Lord chose. I can't read. When Bishop and First Lady spoke to me about transi transitioning out of RCA, they asked me if I needed to take a few days to pray about it. My answer, no. If this was the will of God for my life, then why would I need to pray about it? God had already spoken to my man of God and he was now giving me the direction for my life. I am not here to preach, even though the kids want me to. <laughs> but I really felt the Lord wanted me to share with you all this. Don't seek positions or titles. Seek to serve. Thank you. Look for ways to serve Bishop and First Lady and their family. Look to serve on the clean team. Ask Brother Trevor if you can help with maintenance on Saturdays. Teach a Bible study. Whatever the serving looks like, serve. Jesus was the ultimate example. With a towel in his hand, he knelt down and in a posture of a servant, washed the disciples' feet. 
he was giving us an example to serve. The song called to be by Jonathan Nelson was playing this morning while I was praying and the words were so powerful and timely. In the journey of life, there are winding roads, mountains high and valleys low. Though the road ahead may be unknown, I'm still focused on the prize that's worth pressing for. I will be what you've called me to be. I will say yes, Lord, I agree. My desire passionately is to be what you've called me to be. That's what I'll be. So to the students and parents of Rock Christian Academy, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to serve your families. Through this incredible ministry, it was a privilege and an honor to serve these last seven years. I pray you and all future staff and students will continue to press forward to excellence to the people of the Rock Church. I'm excited for this next chapter. chapter. Uh, and I am beyond excited to rally around and to be a support to the next administrator of Rock Christian Academy. whom I know has been anointed to take this ministry to new heights. Thank you. One more time, help me thank God for Sister Sloss tonight. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned before, Sister Sloss will be transitioning to an administrative role in the office. And in that role, we'll continue to support indirectly and serve RCA and is working very closely hand-in-hand -hand, um, over the summer and uh, even preparing this time and into the next school year in helping there to be a, a very solid and smooth transition. And um, so part of what... Um, what has taken place in the sovereign hand of God is that several months ago, um, the Lord opened up a door for uh, one of the leaders in this church, an incredible leader, um, to begin to invest some of their time into Rock Christian Academy and through an entire series of events that we don't have time to cover tonight in depth to save that for another story time opportunity. But it came, became very clear, very evident to us. Uh, we had been waiting for seven years for Sister Sloss to please come and help us. <laughs> and uh, the Lord had raised up the, the right person, the right call of God on their life to assume the role and the responsibilities as the new director of Rock Christian Academy. And so tonight, it is my privilege and my honor to announce the new director of Rock Christian Academy, Sister Christine Sferlaza. Come on, Sister Christine, would you help me give God a great big praise tonight? Come on up, Sister Sferlaza. Amen. Amen. 
Sisters for Laza is no stranger, of course, to this church. She has served so faithfully in many areas over her years of living for God. And for a handful of years now, has served as the youth pastor's wife. And most of her time living for God has been invested in young people and helping them become. And she has worked so faithfully alongside our incredible youth pastor, her husband, Pastor John Sferlaza. Amen. And if you have spent any time at all with them, you know their deep heart and passion for our young people. And um, Sister Sferlaza has been prepared by God for what she's doing. Amen. Even before she received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name, she didn't know it, but God had already been ordering her steps. And uh, we are just so delighted. Um, Sister Svalaza has served as our sign team director for the past four years. She has been involved with uh, our youth ministry and currently is our youth pastor's wife for seven years. She graduated from Edison State College with an associate's degree at the age of 18 years old before she ever graduated high school. And upon graduating from high school, which she was second in her class, she was the uh, salutatorian with a 5.2 GPA. Amen. She immediately went to work after graduating from high school at the high school she graduated from as a substitute teacher. This was all happening before she even received the Holy Ghost. She earned a bachelor's degree from Florida International University with a major in public administration and a minor in political science. She sat on the Lee County Curriculum Advisory Committee in 2014. She is a certified Florida Department of Education teacher. Started teaching at the age of 21. And has been a teacher for a total of seven years. Teaching high school math in the Lee County and Hendry County school systems. She has led various professional learning development communities uh, in, in her place of work. She has served as a geometry content creator for K-12 schools. In case you don't know what that means, it means she's real smart. <laughs> she has certifications in the uh, AVID program, the Kagan Learning Strategies, CPR, and now ACE Administrator certifi Certified. She has completed the Wilson University Hope Corps program and is currently enrolled in the leadership development program called LEAP at Wilson University. And we are privileged to have her as our new school administrator for Rock Christian Academy. Sister Spalaza resigned her duties with uh, the Lee County School Systems at the end of the school year and accepted our offer to lead our school into the next season and dimension of where God is taking it. 
And so tonight, we want to give her an opportunity to just say something to this church. Sisters Falazo, we are excited about this. We are behind you 100% in your vision. Would you help me give a great big welcome to our new school administrator, Sisters Christine Sverlaza. Wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> um, I am extraordinarily uh, honored and humbled and excited for this open door that God has set before all of us. <laughs> I, I, I know that this is um, a transition, but I, it would be a miss for me to not say a few words about Sister Sloss as well. <laughs> um, you know, I've worked alongside Sister Sloss, not just at RCA, but ever since they were the youth pastor and youth pastor's wife, I've been a heat director with them for seven years as well. And Sister Sloss, I learned by watching you and gleaning from you, your actions, your attitude, your tone of voice, the way you handle difficulties, and most of all, your submission. I've learned and I've prayed to God that I could have a double portion of what you have. And as I have matured and consecrated in my walk these past seven years, which is really cool, by the way, because it's seven, and y'all know. <laughs> and... Um, it was actually highlighted even brighter to me when I was in Tennessee getting the ACE Administrating Certificate, certification. That's where I was, guys. Um, <laughs> and um, I got the Holy Ghost while I was there as I was reading and I was getting um, uh, familiarized with the curriculum and everything. And I read something and it just reminded me that this is all orchestrated by God. And... <laughs> There's nothing I could have done to run away from it. And I learned that being a great leader doesn't present itself in stature, nor in personality, or in good looks, or even intelligence and IQ. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how you can use your words to sway people. It doesn't matter if you're super funny or just super amazingly talented. But no, greatness and being a great leader comes from this scripture, Matthew 20, 26 through 27. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So you said it right, Sister Sloss. <laughs> it's all about servanthood. Sister Sloss, I continue to pray that God gives me a double portion of your wisdom and anointing as I pick up this mantle and continue the great work that God has already begun. And I thank all of you all for your support and your loving hearts. And I pray that I can give you my loving heart and servanthood. I'll give it up one more time for Sister Christine Sperlaza. Yeah. 
Amen. You can be seated for just one more moment. It was so awesome. Uh, Sisters for Laza, of course, we have been praying about and talking about and working on this for the past few months. And so she attended a, um, an annual training session for certification uh, with the ACE uh, curriculum this past week. She was in Tennessee. And um, when she left, now how many of you know this is the year of the open door? I, if I start passing the microphone around tonight, it would blow your mind what God has done this year. But as she was leaving the training, they handed her a very nice gift, a keepsake, and it was a, a beautiful, I don't, do you have it with you? It's a journal, a beautiful journal with a beautiful leather cover as a gift. And embossed on the front of that journal when they handed it to her was somebody walking through a door, I think if I remember the picture, and it had the scripture, Behold, I have set before you an open door. I think that was just a little confirmation about what the Lord was doing. Amen, somebody. Great things are coming, Rock Christian Academy. I encourage every parent in this building. It is worth whatever sacrifices you have to make. I said it is worth whatever sacrifice you have to make to put your child in apostolic education. And uh, there are many testimonies of people in this church um, that, that are making tremendous sacrifices for their, their children to be in an apostolic and godly environment every single day. And so I encourage you, I implore you, as the shepherd of this house to spend time praying and pondering if God would somehow help you to see the urgency for your children to be in apostolic education. And um, shortly, uh, later on in the summer, there will be announcements and there will be an open enrollment uh, announcement where you will have a chance to, um, to get your kids enrolled in Rock Christian Academy for the next school year. Amen. And in the meantime, if you need information or uh, want details, things to be praying about, you can reach out uh, not only to Sister Svrlaza, who is our new school administrator, but um, Sister Sloss will also be able to probably provide some information. Amen, somebody. Well, it is 8.54. We have not been here two hours yet. We haven't been here an hour and a half. What did, what did somebody just say? Do y'all really mean that? Half of y'all mean it. What about the rest of y'all? <laughs> Anybody want the word of the Lord tonight? Stand with me all over this place if you would. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, I am tonight, I, I announced this Sunday, we are going to begin our holiness series again. Amen. Amen. I am so, so excited to uh, preach, teach uh, this content. And um, so what I'm going to do is what if I introduce the first lesson tonight? Is that all right? I am not going to attempt to complete the first lesson because we'll be here a little while. But I'm just going to wade into the first part of this tonight and get our feet wet. And then I'll come back and, and pick up where we left off. Is that all right tonight? 
I, I'm telling you, you need to grab your Bible tonight, grab your notepad, grab a pen, grab a pencil, uh, use the note app on your phone, whatever you need to do, uh, because what we are going to be diving into in these series is absolutely rich, rich information. And uh, we, we visit this subject often, not just in a uh, a session like this where this is what we are focused on, but I am not a preacher who relegates holiness preaching and teaching to just a classroom uh, or to some obscure part of the church. We preach holiness when the Holy Ghost moves in this place. Amen, somebody. Uh, but it is imperative that we take time to do what we're doing tonight and in the following weeks in our lessons uh, to break down the word of the Lord in a way that is thorough and that is systematic to uncover this very, very important subject. And so, uh, you know, you're used to me oftentimes uh, preaching in a way that is very, very exuberant. And I promise you, I get excited even when I'm teaching. And uh, preaching always has a little bit of teaching in it, and teaching always has a little bit of preaching in it. But we are going to approach uh, these lessons from a little bit more of an expositional uh, standpoint rather than topical. And so we will, we will take an exegetical approach to the text. And perhaps along the way there will be some preaching involved. And um, so uh, we're going to go in our Bibles uh, tonight to... Um, I'll tell you what, just be seated. I'm just going to start teaching for a few minutes tonight. Holiness. Y'all thought I was done. Holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness, holiness is what you want for me. For me, so take my heart and mold it, take my mind, transform it, take my will, conform it. To yours, to yours, oh Lord. Anybody feel that way tonight? Lift your hands, just sing it with me. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness, holiness. Is what you want for me. Clap your hands and give the Lord a praise tonight. Amen. Let me start tonight by saying that holiness has been marginalized by society. And one of the important things that we're doing tonight and in these lessons to come is that we are building our lives on the Word of God. 
We are not building our lives on the sinking sand of society. We are not building our lives on the sinking sand of world religion or the popular opinion of the church world. When we stand before God, there is going to be one thing that we are judged by, and that is the word of God. Amen, somebody. And society has done its absolute best to marginalize holiness, to ridicule holiness, to make it seem as if it is some antiquated and outdated ideology of an old archaic religion or church system. But I came to declare tonight by the authority of the word of God that holiness is the essence of who God is. The word of the Lord declares, be ye holy for I am holy. The church world, the religious world, has done its best to redefine holiness. And so tonight we are going to take a look at holiness. And tonight's lesson, tell your neighbor tonight's lesson, if you're taking notes, is going to be the whole man. That's what we're going to call tonight's lesson, the whole man. And the first thing I want to do tonight is I want to define what holiness is. First of all, if you study the word holy or holiness etymologically from the text, you will understand that it is the same word that we derive our word whole from, W-H-O-L-E. And so to be holy means to be W-H-O-L-L-Y, which means to be complete, to be whole. You understand that we are not just a body, but we are body, soul, and spirit. And God does not just want part of us. He wants all of us. And so to define holiness at its very rudimentary definition is to etymologically define it as whole or complete. Now that has powerful indications to us because if you were to begin to study the subject, which is what we're doing tonight of holiness, you will find out that there are some other ideas and words that are inextricably tied to the word and the theme of holiness in the Bible. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this word down because it is very intimately related to the word holy. And that is the word sanctification. Now, sanctification, if you study it, means to be set apart for the specific use of something. To take something and set it apart for specific use. Let me use a modern analogy to help you understand. How many of you own a toothbrush? Raise your hand. Look to your neighbor that doesn't have their hand raised and pray for the ministry. 
<laughs> of hygiene. When they look at you and say, hallelujah, it does something. It changes the atmosphere, shifts the atmosphere. If you raised your hand that you have a toothbrush, how many of you share your toothbrush? Raise your hand. If you share, I don't see a single hand raised. If you got your hand raised, me, myself, and I doesn't count. If you have a toothbrush, how would you feel if you went to brush your teeth and all of a sudden your wife said, oh, by the way, honey, I used your toothbrush to clean the tile grout yesterday. Oh, honey, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. I hope you don't mind. I used your toothbrush to help me get in the nooks and cranny of the dishes while I was washing them last night. Honey, I forgot to tell you, I, I needed to get, the, I needed to do a deep clean on the toilet and I needed a small brush. And so you would say, if you were going to apply the ideology tonight, that toothbrush is sanctified. It is set apart for the single use of one job and one person. And sanctification in the Bible means that you have been set apart and you belong to God. And you're not for the use of the world. You're not for the use of the enemy. You, God sanctified you. He called you out. He brought you out and you belong to him alone and specifically. And Sanctification indicates ownership, and I'm going to get to this in a minute. But not only are you sanctified, but you are completely his. Not just part of you. You belong completely. Tell your neighbor, completely. That means you are wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, his. That's part of what holiness is indicative of. That I belong to him and I belong to him completely. God doesn't share ownership of me with the world. God doesn't share ownership with me. He is not co-op with anybody else. He doesn't have shared investment with me. He completely owns me. I belong completely, not just part of me, but all of me belongs to him. And so in studying the definition of holiness, you cannot escape the idea of ownership. And holiness has a lot to do with identification. How many of you, when you own something, you want people to know this is mine? Belongs to me. This is my suit jacket. I got my name on it. It's mine. Belongs to me. We teach kids this at a young age in school. Put your name on the paper. Put your name on the desk. This is your desk. This belongs to me. This is mine. And so this is part of the nature of holiness. 
The Bible says it like this. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 2. He said, I am jealous over you for I have espoused you to one husband. Tell your neighbor, one husband. He is speaking in terms of the church being the bride of Christ. And he is expressing the fact that I have married you to one husband. God is not a polygamist. You belong to one God. You belong to him alone. You belong completely to him. You are his Back in the day, Kirk Franklin used to say, are you with me? GP, GP, are you with? Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. God's property. Tell your neighbor, I'm God's property. Come on, tell the other neighbor, the one that's in church tonight, paying attention. Tell him, I'm God's property. I belong to God. His name is written over my life. When you look at me, it's, we were singing about it earlier, but it's more than just a song. That name is written over me. When I got the Holy Ghost and I was born again, I received a new name like a wife the first thing she gets from her husband she takes his name why because she's mine she's bone of my bone she's flesh of my flesh and when I was born again I took on his name I became Randy Williams Jesus I belong to God and the Apostle Paul said, I am jealous over you because I have espoused you unto one husband. Now, y'all with me tonight. This is important, and you, I'm going to stop here long enough to help us understand the difference between jealousy and envy. Because we often misuse the word jealousy. And we, 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 we think of jealousy in a negative context. But how many of you understand, nowhere does the Bible say that jealousy is a sin. We do have a scripture that says jealousy is as cruel as the grave. We often misuse jealousy in place of envy. For example... When somebody rolls up in a brand new car, uh, it might be common for you to look at them and say, oh, girl, I'm jealous. Or jelly, that's a new way to say it. I'm jelly. I can't keep up with all the new stuff they're saying nowadays. I mean, I just can't keep up. You lit. Lit, what does that mean? What's up, my boy? My boy, I'm 45 years old. I just can't keep up. But you say, I am jealous. No, what you really mean to say is, I am envious. Envy says, you've got something that I wish I had. And the Bible inextricably tells us that 
envy is sinful, that we shouldn't look on our brother's stuff and wish that we had it. Envy is it. But jealousy is something different altogether. Jealousy is not me wanting what you got. Jealousy is you wanting what I have, and I am jealous over it. In other words, uh, I am jealous over my wife. That means she's my wife, and don't you get any weird ideas about her. I'm jealous she's the wife of one husband, and so I, she's mine. She belongs. She ain't your wife. Don't try to give her a kiss. She ain't your wife. Don't try. Come on, somebody. I'm jealous. How many of you know that the Bible says that God is a jealous God? He said, I am jealous. I am a jealous God. God said, I've got a people, and I'm jealous over you. When I got you, and you became my bride. I became, I don't want the world fooling with you. I don't want anybody else messing with you. I don't want there to be any mistake of who you belong to. When they look at you, I want them to know you're my bride, that you're my people. Oh, and you're the wife of one husband. When they look at you, I don't want there to be any mistakes. I am I'm jealous. And this is part of the disposition of holiness. I belong to God completely. She's my wife all the way. All the way. She's not just my wife in church, she's my wife after church. She, I don't just have her left side, I got her right side too. She's completely whole. She's mine. She's my wife. And, and so he is jealous over us. And then when you dig down deeper, you will find a layer of holiness. I'm paying attention to the clock. I, I, trust me, I'm going to let you all go in good time tonight. You understand that there is another word you need to write down that is closely associated with holiness and understanding its definition, and that is the word redemption. Redemption means that he paid for us. He redeemed us. God paid the price. For me, the Bible said that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, God was the propitiation for me. He stepped in when I was on the auction block of sin, and God said, what does he cost? And the enemy said, it's going to cost your very life. And God said, I give it all so that he is mine. He was the propitiation for us. He redeemed us. If you were to take $5,000 and go car shopping, it wouldn't get you far, number one. You might be able to buy some people's rims for $5,000. I know some people, they don't care. They have $500 car, $5,000 rims. They roll that hoopty, baby. $6,000 stereo system on a $200 car. 
Got to jump start it to get to 7-Eleven. But once it started, but if you had 5000 you find a car for $5,000 and you bought that car. And they signed the title of ownership over to you. You would say, that's my car. I bought it. I redeemed it. It belonged to somebody else. And I paid the price for it. Everybody in this building, I don't care how bougie you look tonight, how nice your suit is, how cute your shoes and your little purse is. You are on your way to a devil's hell. And you, 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 come on, somebody. When God stands in and he paid the price and he redeemed you and he set you free and he oh yes God said that's my bride I paid the price I redeemed my bride and so it is with these concepts in mind that we begin to understand the nature of holiness and completeness and ownership to God. That's why there, there are scriptures in the Bible. And, 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 and I thought about this because when I was in high school, they used to have, so I don't even know if they do it anymore, but they used to have letter jackets. Anybody remember that? Do they still do that nowadays? They don't even do it nowadays. Back in the day, you used to have, if you were really cool, Brother Keith, if you were cool, you had a letter jacket. That jacket had a symbol of your school. And guess what was on the back of that jacket? It was your name. R. Williams. Central Wildcats. Now that's me wishing I had a letter jacket because I was too poor to buy one. It had your name. And, and, and they would do something. If you had an interest in a particular girl, and, and, and you know, y'all was talking, and she became yo girl. Yo girl. You would give her your letter jacket, and she would wear your letter jacket. And when she walked down the halls, she had your name on the back of that jacket. And it was her way and your way of letting everybody else know, that's my girl right there. That's my girl. How many of you know that when you walk down the halls of this world, uh, God wants people to look at you uh, and say they belong to me. Uh, they, they don't belong to the drug dealer. Uh, they don't belong uh, to the prostitute. Come on. Uh, they don't belong to the pimp. Uh, they don't belong to the world. Uh, when you see them, uh, God said, I want them to be identified with my name. Uh, I want them to be identified as my bride. Uh, I want them to be one way to get somebody may let my girl get caught walking with somebody else's jacket on and so so this is how God feels about it oh you need scripture thank you for asking the Bible says that we are a royal priesthood a chosen generation, a peculiar people. And the Bible says that we should show forth the praises 
we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God. God said, when you walk, I want people to see what I've done for you. I want them to look at you and know that you used to be on your way to hell, but I paid the price and I redeemed you and now you're showing forth my praises. Now you're a reflection of your relationship with me. Tell your neighbor identity. We belong to him. There ought to be a visible difference in your life when you get born again. I said there ought to be a visible difference difference uh, when you are born again. The old timers would say it like this. uh, The places I used to go, uh, I don't go there anymore. Uh, The things I used to say, uh, I don't say them anymore. Uh, The things I used to, come on somebody, uh, you ought to be different uh, when God rests you. God said, I want you to look different. I want you to sound different. Uh, I want you to think different. People walk around, I want them to know you no longer belong to Satan. You belong to uh, me. This is part of the idea and the concept of holiness. And if you begin to study in the word of the Lord, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18, this is the Apostle Paul addressing the church of Corinth. Now, you understand that Corinth was an especially licentious city. It, it was a port city that was, uh, was hidebound by the, the, the traditions and, and the new age ideologies of the world. And so the church of Corinth had, uh, had to wrestle vehemently with the culture of its current society. And so Paul in his epistle to the Corinthian church uh, is not only instructing the saints, but he is specifically addressing new believers, uh, people who have recently been delivered and people who have recently come out uh, of idol worship and and perhaps uh, they were still coming to church uh, wearing the garments uh, of worship to idolatry and steeped in the customs uh, of the society that they lived in and so the apostle Paul as as the bishop as the apostle he is writing a letter uh, to those people letting them know uh, that when you are converted uh, and you become God's child uh, that there are some differences that begin to happen there are some changes uh, that begin to take place. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he is addressing them. uh, And in verse 14, he says, be ye not uh, unequally yoked uh, together uh, with unbelievers. Uh, He begins to instruct them uh, that once you are converted, uh, you have to unhook yourself uh, from unbelievers. Uh, In relationships, uh, your BFF should no longer be unbelievers. Oh, come on. I wish I had an amen in the building. You should no longer be interested in courting or dating people who are not believers. You should not have fellowship. You cannot be unequally yoked. 
<clears throat> now, we often use this uh, strictly to describe the idea of uh, a believer not marrying an unbeliever. And certainly this applies. If you are going to uh, get married, you need to marry a one God, Jesus' name, apostolic, uh, tongue-talking, uh, devil-chasing, uh, holiness believing uh, separated from the world uh, loving God faithful to their church uh, person you quit looking at Mr. Fufu you quit looking at Sister Bobby B she is no longer an option he is no longer an option a yoke is an apparatus that was used to hook two animals of the same kind together to work. Two oxen, two cow, two, uh, two donkeys. And they would use that so that when they were yoked together, they would walk in synchronization to pull the plow. And unequally yoking uh, meant that if you tried to hook up a donkey uh, with an ox, uh, it, they, they wouldn't get the job done. Because one is pulling this way and the other is pulling this way. They don't walk the same. Uh, they they don't have the same strength. They don't look the same. There's no similarities. And the Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? And so you've got to learn if you're going to belong to God. God said, I don't want you yoked up with the world. I don't want you yoked up with something that's pulling you in the opposite direction that you're supposed to be going. I don't want you connected to friendships that are going to influence you uh, to go against my word. Uh, I wish I had a church in the building tonight. Uh, I don't want you interested in a man or a woman uh, whose interests are not that uh, of Holy Ghost living. Uh, don't be unequally yoked. And there are deeper connotations that I don't have time to get into tonight, but, but he immediately begins to address them with this ideology. Don't be yoked together and then he says for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness you've got to begin to demark your fellowship you've got to begin to draw lines in your fellowship I don't just spend all my recreational time uh, with unbelievers anymore. Come on, somebody. Uh, I'll teach them a Bible study. I'll witness to them. I'll love on them. Uh, but but I, I can't spend all of my time uh, yoked up with the wrong influences. I can't spend. I wish I had a church in the building. Uh, what communion hath light with darkness? And then he gets strong and he says in verse 15, what concord, cord meaning a cord to tie something, con meaning together, to tie together, what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? He is dealing with the ideology of relationships and connectivity. And he is drawing a line in the sand uh, that when God redeems you, uh, when God brings you out, uh, he disconnects you uh, from those influences. Uh, he 
disconnects you uh, from those yokes. Uh, he disconnects you uh, from those things uh, that have shaped and influenced uh, your identity. Then he says, why? Uh, For ye uh, are the temple uh, of the living God. God. Here's the reason why. The reason I don't want you yoked up is because you are a temple of the living God. Remember, he's talking to the Corinthians. You're not the temple of Diana. You're not the temple of Ashtaroth. You're not the temple of any of these other pagan gods that you used to worship at. Can I translate it? You used to go down to Diva's Club on Friday. That was your temple. You used to go down to the to GQ bar uh, on Saturday night. You no longer go there. Uh, you no longer associate uh, with that lifestyle. Uh, now uh, you are the temple uh, of God. And I don't want you hooking up uh, the temple of God uh, with idolatry. Uh, I don't want you connecting uh, the temple of God uh, with any other God. Then he says this, listen. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, listen, I will dwell in them. Whoa. You become a temple of God. God said, I don't want you hooked up with that because I got to have a place to live. And I'm not living in a worldly temple. I'm not going to make my abode in a temple uh, that's connected uh, with my enemies. Uh, I'm not going to make my abode. Come on, somebody. Uh, if you want the Holy Ghost working in you, uh, you've got to prepare the vessel. Uh, if you want the Holy Ghost living inside of you, uh, you've got to clean the temple. Uh, you've got to disconnect uh, the temple of God uh, from the temple of idols. Uh, from the te- Come on, from the temples uh, of the world. Uh, I separate myself. Uh, I unyoke myself. Why? because I am the temple of the living God and God said that he will dwell in me. The Father is God above us. The Son is God among us. But the Holy Ghost is God in us. I will dwell in them. How many of you understand God doesn't make room for roommates? I'm going to dwell in you, and I'm God all by myself. I'm not going to share my space and my property with any other gods. I'm not going to share my presence with a spirit of lust. I'm not going to share my presence with a spirit of rebellion. I'm not going to share my holy presence. Come on. If you want me in your temple, then you got to kick all the other stuff out. Don't you dare bring that idolatry into your temple. Don't you dare. I'll do it like I did Dagon when they brought him in there and tried to set him next to the next to God. God knocked him in the floor and they found his head rolling off. The next day God said I will not abide in a temple with another God. You can't serve two masters. He said I will dwell in them and walk in them. And here we go. Listen. And I'm, 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 I'm coming to a close soon. And very soon. 
he said this. Here we go with the ownership. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. My people. When he looks at you, the world has to look at you and say, that's God's people right there. That's God's people. They can't look at you and wonder, well, I'm not sure. Uh, I think they go to church. I, I think, but, but I think they go to the club too. I, I think they go to church, but, but I think they like a little, you know, uh, at the same time. I, they, I think they go to church, but, but no, 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 no. God said you uh, will be uh, my people uh, and I will be uh, your God. And that being said, in verse 17, are you with me tonight? He says, wherefore. In other words, based on what I just told you, come out from among them. If you're going to be my people and I'm going to be your God, then you got to come out from among them. You can't be my people uh, and stay among them. Uh, you can't be my property uh, and remain there geographic. Come on. Uh, you've got to come uh, out uh, from uh, among them. Come out from among them. And be ye separate. That's the word that the devil hates. That's the word that the church world hates. Separation. I don't mind you going to church. Just don't disconnect yourself from the world. I don't mind you lifting your hands and speaking in tongues. Just don't disconnect from all of the other stuff you got going on. Did you know that separation is one of the earliest doctrines found in the word of the Lord? The first thing that happens in the book of Genesis, God separates the light from the darkness. He separates the waters from above from the waters beneath. He separates the land. He separates the firmaments. He what is he doing? Uh, he is bringing definition uh, and contrast. Uh, I don't want there to be confusion uh, about what's God uh, and what's the enemy. Uh, I don't want there to be confusion uh, between what belongs to me uh, and what belongs to the world. Uh, come out uh, from among them uh, and be ye uh, separate, uh, saith the Lord. He's dealing with ownership. He's dealing with redemption. He's dealing with sanctification. He's dealing with the whole man. You've got to come out. Listen to what he says. And touch not the unclean thing. I don't want you touching it. Why? You only have to look at the book of Genesis to understand why. God told Adam, don't eat of the fruit. But when the enemy asked Eve, Eve said, they, God said, don't touch it. God never said, don't touch it. Adam said, don't touch it. Because Adam had revelation. If you don't touch it, then you'll never eat it. If you don't touch the unclean thing, uh, then you'll never embrace it. 
That's why you can't play with sin. That's why you can't dabble in sin. That's why you can't do what the church will. Well, I can control it. And it's just a little bit. And it's, no, the Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Do you understand that in the Bible, the Bible says not to let the holy touch the profane. Don't touch it. Touch. Is this touch? That's pretty blatant. But so is this. One looks innocuous. They're both touch. God said don't touch it. Why? Because you study it. When the holy touched the profane, the profane never became holy. The holy always became profane. God said touch not the unclean thing. I don't want you playing with it. And then listen to this next part. I'm almost done. Music come. Touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. Did you catch that? Being received by God. Don't miss this. I'm almost done. Being received by God. Now, write this down. Is conditional. I want you to write that down because Satan hates that truth. He hates it so much that he has developed entire doctrines of religiosity that tell you that God will accept you no matter what. I can't get no help in this Holy Ghost church. He has built false religions all over the world uh, that, that mock the very thing. That's what he did in the Garden of Eden. Did not God say? He's always twisting. He's always, did not. Yeah, that's not it. You can touch it. God said, don't touch. Oh, God knows you can handle it. God knows. I mean, my God, they can't control your whole life. My God, they can't. Nobody's controlling my life, baby. I've got a hunger to be what God wants me to be a, you know what I'm going to tell you? Brother Desmond, I touch all the drugs I want. I'm going to confess. Y'all got quiet. No, I'm about to set some of y'all free tonight. I touch all the drugs I want. You know what I do too? I cuss all I want. I do. You know what? I look at anything I want. Let me give you a great revelation. I don't want to do none of it. I touch all the drugs I want. You know how many drugs I want to touch? None of them. Nobody's making me live like this. Nobody's putting a gun to my head. Uh, nobody's making me live holy. Uh, nobody's making me be separated. Uh, I'll tell you what my issue is. Uh, I want to be what God wants me to be. Uh, I want God to accept me. Uh, I want God to look at me. Uh, and I want the world to know uh, I don't belong to you anymore. Uh, I want the devil to know uh, I'm not bound by you anymore. Uh, so I come out. Uh, from among them, I separate myself. I 
touch not uh, the unclean thing. Uh, I unabashedly declare uh, I belong to Jesus. Uh, I belong to God. Uh, he bought me. Uh, he saved me. Uh, he rescued me. Uh, he redeemed me. Uh, and he got all of me. Uh, he got my mind. Uh, he got my heart. Uh, he got my soul. Uh, he got my hands. Uh, he got my feet. Uh, he got every part of me. Uh, Come on, somebody, that's uh, what holiness is. Uh, holiness uh, is all of you uh, belonging to God. Uh, holiness uh, is you being set apart. Uh, I'm not a part-time Christian. Uh, I'm an all-the-time Christian. Uh, I don't worship on Sunday uh, and cuss on Monday. Uh, I don't worship on Sunday uh, and live something else uh, on Wednesday. Uh, all of me. Uh, belongs to God. All of me. God's talking to some of us tonight. You haven't given him everything yet. There's parts of your life that you still haven't surrendered to God yet. No, God, that's mine. I'll live for you up to this point, but God, that's mine. God wants all of you or he will receive none of you. Come on. I'm in the word of God tonight. His acceptance is conditional. You've got to come out from among them. You've got to be separate. And you've got to stop touching the unclean thing. And then I will receive you unto myself. That is antithetical to the religious world that we live in. But I'm preaching to somebody. You better get that lying religious voice out of your heart and mind. Because my Bible tells me there's going to come a day when there's going to be people that stand in judgment and say, God, we did this in your name. We did that. You know how they identified themselves? We're people of the name. We did this in your name and we did that. And you know what he said? Depart from me. You know what that's called? Rejection. He's going to look at people who thought they were living for God because of their religiosity. And he's going to say, depart from me. I'm not receiving you. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. Iniquity is just sin, disobedience to the word of God. I never knew you. But God, I prayed in your name. Read your word. God, we healed in your name. We did so many things in your name. Depart from me. You weren't holy. I never had all of you. I never had every part of you. You never gave me control of all of your life. You never gave me all. Come on, somebody. Come out from among them. He doesn't save us in our sin. He saves us from our sin. Listen, I'm almost done. I promise you, I'm hurrying. Don't confuse. If you're taking notes, you've got to write this down. Don't confuse his conditional acceptance with his unconditional love. 
That's what the religious world has done. They've confused the two. Don't confuse his conditional acceptance with his unconditional love. Do you understand that every person that ends up in hell will be there with a God that loves them? God loves you like you are. Crack pipe in your mouth, perverted thoughts in your, whatever. God loves you, but he's not going to accept and save you like you are. I'm sorry. I don't care if that offends you. You need to get your spirit in line with the word of the Lord. Uh, if you want to be saved, uh, if you want God to receive you, you've got to repent. Uh, you've got to obey his word. Uh, he loves every, He loves the sinner on the street just as much as he loves me tonight. You hear me? Uh, I don't care. You could go find the worst sinner in this city doing the most vile sin, and God's love for them uh, is just as great uh, as it is for anybody in uh, this building but he cannot save them in their current state they've got to come out from among them they've got to be separate second peter 3 and 9 says this the lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness listen but is long suffering to us word here it is not willing that any should perish. There's the unconditional love of God. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. But that will not cause him to stop them from going there. Because real love for God is authenticated by choice. So there's the unconditional love of God. He is not willing that any should perish. But what does the very next statement say? But that all, tell your neighbor, all should come to repentance. He sticks those two things juxtaposed in the same verse. Not willing that any should perish. And the only way to not perish is if you come to repentance. God's acceptance is always predicated on repentance. Turning from sin. Unyoking yourself. Coming out being separate. I am preaching this because this is the very foundation of holiness. The very first step and part in holiness is God bringing you out of the world. Bringing you out of sin. Bringing you out of the possession of the enemy. Bringing you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In verse number 18 of our text in 2 Corinthians 6 he says, when I receive you, I will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. One more verse of scripture and this is it. I'm finishing with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is similar to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 says this. What? Know ye not... That your body, somebody say my body. I want you to just look down at your body tonight. Look at your arms and your legs and your hands and your feet. He said, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
That same temple that he talked about that he was going to dwell in. And this is why you've got to come out because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Which is in you. This is what he said in 2 Corinthians 6. Listen to that. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Listen. Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Number one, which ye have of God, creatorship. Number two, ye are not your own, ownership. You did not create that body, and you don't own that body. I know that's not popular. The Bible says, what power hath the creation over the creator? That's why you cannot be a Christian and support ideas like my body, my choice. Don't call yourself a Christian and say that you support my body, my choice. If it's my body, my choice for the mama, why isn't it my body and choice for the baby inside of the mama? What about their body? What about their choice? It's a hypocritical lie from the devil. That little human being, as soon as conception takes place. I'm going to stop and preach here for a moment. As soon as conception takes place, every piece of genetic pattern and code is there for their entire complete life. And I don't care who doesn't recognize that as life. God said, I knew you in your mother's womb. I'll take the word of God any day over the popular ideology of society. If God knew them in their womb, I don't care who doesn't recognize them in their womb. Your inability to recognize life in the womb doesn't make it truth or make it valid. It makes you wrong and it makes it sin. Matter of fact, John the Baptist got the Holy Ghost in his mama's womb. Let, let me just stop here and say this. Because we live in a politically charged society. And you never hear me talk about politics. Because politics is divisive. And I believe it can be used as a tactic of the enemy to divide people in a church. But I'm going to say this, and I'm not, I'm not I'm saying it unabashedly. Your politics had better not oppose your Christianity. The law of the land is not greater than the law of God. Come on, I'm, I'm talking to somebody. You cannot espouse one thing morally and something different civically. Sweet and bitter water can't come from the same fountain. Your yeas had better be yea, and your nays had better be nay. Come on. Can you imagine, can you imagine Jesus preaching in one hand that he who offends one of these little ones it would be better if a millstone be hung around their neck and they were cast into the depth of the sea 
and then walk out and hold support signs for pro-choice. Does that sound hypocritical? Can you imagine the word of the Lord being declared that homosexuality is a sin? Men burning in their lust one toward another and women the unnatural use of their bodies one. Can you imagine that? And then marching out and supporting gay rights. It's not a political issue. It's a moral issue. You better put politics to the side, baby. The Republican Party is not going to save you. The Democratic Party is not going to save you. You better let your Christianity uh, rise above your affiliation. Uh, and you had better identify with the Word of God uh, more than you identify with politics. your political voice is louder than your Christian voice, you're in sin. You're not carrying the flag of Jesus. You're carrying the flag of mammon. I don't care if it's red or blue. Woo, this is good preaching. I openly stand and tell you I don't care which party which political candidate of any race, of any politics in the entire world. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Sin is wrong. And I, and I care more about them than the politicians because the politicians are giving them the gun to shoot themselves with. I'm telling them they can be set free. I'm preaching to them there's a better way. I'm preaching to them that they don't have to believe the lie of the enemy. Our media team probably has to monitor the comments right now in these social live streams. You're going to be an apostolic, be an apostolic. How do we get on this? Holiness. You are not your own, you are bought with a price. Listen, therefore, glorify God. In your body, I, I, this is where I'm ending the lesson on this statement. In your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Not plural God S, ownership, apostrophe S. Your body and your spirit, they belong to God. And because they belong to God, you should glorify God with your body. You should glorify God with your spirit. Your thoughts should glorify God. Your attitude should glorify God. Your body, your appearance uh, should glorify God. Yeah, that's right. I don't care what the church world says. God cares about how you look. I'm going to say it for the death ministry tonight. Uh, God cares uh, about how you look. Uh, he's not just worried about the inside of the cup. Uh, he's worried about the outside of the cup. Uh, it's not one or the other. Uh, it's both of them. It's holiness. Uh, it's completeness. Uh, you can't be clean on the inside and dirty on the outside. You've got to be completely and holy. His. 
Come on, I want us to stand all over this house for a moment. I'm done tonight. I went longer than I anticipated, but I wonder if we could walk down everybody to this altar for just two minutes. We're just coming down for two minutes. I want in every lesson, and this is just an introduction tonight to the first lesson. We'll pick up the rest of the way. We didn't even get into the, the, the meat of the lesson tonight. We'll pick up next time where we left off. But every holiness lesson that we have, I want to flat-footed stand at the end of every lesson with my hands in the air and let every devil in hell see that we love holiness. Come on. Come on. Listen, I'm, I'm going to talk to you plain. I'm going to talk to you plain. My job is not to become the most popular pastor of the world. I'm not a politician. My job is not to get you to like me. I like if you like me. Do you like me? Because I like me. <laughs> yeah, if you know, you know. My job is to declare God's word without fear and without favor. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this carefully. There are apostolic churches across the country that are giving up and giving territory to the enemy in the arena of holiness. There, there are preachers and men of God that have opened themselves up to the influence of the world that have become compromised in their integrity and so they no longer contend for holiness. They no longer preach the tenets of God's word concerning holiness. And I'm going to tell you something. It is not semantics. Because part of the trick of the enemy will get you to say, well, that's just what they believe over there. And that's just what they believe over there. We're not going to declare what I think, what you think, what they think. We are going to declare the word of the Lord. And let God be true and every man a liar. And I'm taking my time. I, we won't take this kind of time on every lesson, trust me. But I'm setting a precedent tonight. I don't care what YouTube channel you watch or what videos you see from apostolic men who are compromising the truth of God's Word. His Word never changes. I said His Word never changes. I don't care what's popular. I don't care what's trending. I don't care if it's 2000 or 2030. God's word is eternal. His principles, it never goes out of style. It's never outdated. Uh, it's <clears throat> so don't you get swept up by a spirit of confusion that would say, well, I heard, a, I heard one apostolic man and he said this and I heard another apostolic. You better get in the word of the Lord. You better, you better hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. I don't care what you see another apostolic preacher or church do or not do. You better get in the word of the Lord. And we're not caustic. We're not judgmental. We're not mean. Just because there's another 
church or ministry that, that may not do it exactly. That doesn't mean that we, we hate, we look down. It doesn't mean, well, all it means is that we thank God that he's led us to a place of revelation. That we thank God that he revealed truth to us. And we pray for them that God would open their eyes. That God would lead them to understanding. Come on, somebody. Because I'm going to say this. That same spirit will take you to hell just like compromising the truth will. Oh, yeah. Now, see, I'm going to fight a devil on the other side of the ditch. That same attitude that walks around with your nose stuck up in the air of self-righteousness and would look down on people that may not have it just right yet or may not live it. Just that same attitude will take you to hell just like compromising holiness will take you to hell. Phariseeism. We're not better than anybody. Holiness is not equal to meanness. Listen to me. Holiness is not a baseball bat that you beat people with into conformity. Holiness is beautiful. Holiness is revelatory. Holiness is God's nature. And God pulls back the veil for those that say, I love him and I belong to him and I want to please him. Nobody's making me do it. Nobody's coercing me. Nobody's. I'm living like this because I'm seeing it in his word. This is the nature of my God and I love him so much. I want to be just like him. I want to be just like him. And if God is holy, then I want to be holy. Let's lift our hands all over this house tonight as we pray before we leave. I want us to pray tonight uh, that God uh, would let the spirit of holiness, which really is just the Holy Ghost, uh, that, that it would reign in our hearts, uh, that it would reign in our minds tonight. Uh, come on, I want us to pray for just a moment tonight uh, that over the course of these lessons, uh, God, uh, I want to be more like you. Uh, come on, how long has it been since you prayed that prayer? Uh, God, less of me uh, and more of you. Uh, I want to be like you God uh, and so tonight I lift my hands uh, and I surrender anything that's not like you God uh, anything that's not pleasing to you God uh, anything that doesn't line up with your word God uh, I'm ready to submit uh, I'm ready to obey uh, come on in the name of Jesus uh, come on would somebody just talk to God for a few moments uh, would somebody just talk to God for a few moments uh, come on Come on, lift your voice. Uh, holiness. Holiness, God. Come on, the angels cry, Holy, uh, Holy, uh, Holy. Uh, Lord God Almighty, which was and is uh, and is to come. Uh, come on, so take my heart. Uh, Lord, would you mold it? Take my mind. Come on, lift your voice. Transform it. Take my will, conform it. Come on, lift up your voice for a few moments. Come on, before we leave this house, before we leave this house, come on, I've got to be holy. Take my heart. Take my mind. 
Jesus now Come on, lift your voice. Holiness. Before we leave, lift your voice. Sing it with me. It's what I long for. Come on, tell it. Holiness is what I need. Holiness. Holiness is what you want for me. Come on. It's what you want. It's what you want. For me, come on one more time. Lift your hands. Tell them it's what you want. It's what you want for me. Come on, let's clap our hands one more time all over this sanctuary tonight. Come on, let's clap our hands and give God some praise. Come on, let's give God some praise tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. How many of you excited about holiness tonight?